0: My
1: name is
2: Tim. and hi, my name is John,
1: my name is Roseanne,
2: and we are Desire for Holiness. We are three young Catholics ready to share with you our desire to be holy through our stories, our imperfections, and our love for Christ.
1: In the end, you don't have to be perfect to be a masterpiece.
0: God works through our brokenness and puts the pieces back together more beautifully than we could ever do ourselves.
2: And don't forget to subscribe and hit the post notification bell so you can keep up to date with all our new episodes. Hope you all enjoy. God bless.
1: Hi, everyone. Whether you've listened before or this is your first time listening to the episode, welcome to the Desire for Holiness podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is a really amazing topic. And we're going to talk about it with a good friend of mine. Um, She's a sister from the sister's of the Sacred Heart, and she's an awesome teacher. She's really um, an amazing human being, um, inspiring. And yeah, introducing Sister Amanda.
3: (laughs) Hello. So great to be here. And I just am so honored and appreciative that um, you guys invited me on, and especially with this topic of the Sacred Heart that um, obviously is very important to me and to the life that I live and um, just to have the opportunity to to share that. Yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. Um. So before we get started, we have some quick fire questions, which we always ask every guest to get to know you a lot, well, briefly, um, and they're always spontaneous. So this is gonna be fun are you ready. ready sister I'm, yeah i'm ready okay yeah she's ready okay I'm ready. all right the first one is actually having to do with um maybe you'll talk about it maybe okay. i'm not sure but um i've heard i remember from before you talked about how you like to dance or like you did dance um so what's your favorite type of dance
3: so ballet for sure um i was Ooh. really into ballet um you know i love the point shoes and all the, like the classical um ballet it was um yeah it's it's beautiful just to be able to dance you just feel so free and it's um just beauty in motion yeah
0: ballet.
3: that's me wow. <laughs> that's so poetic i love that you <laughs> <laughs> a very really romantic nice. so that, that kind of works with the sacred heart theme too right so, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Um, Oh yes, and then so we also mentioned you're an amazing teacher. So what is like a favorite memory that you've had with your students?
3: Oh gosh, that's (laughs) yeah, (laughs) really hard. Um, Because every day is just so full, right? So I teach kindergartens, right? So it's just you know everything's just so it's just busy. It's um you know really lively. Oh gosh, my favorite like one memory (laughs) is so hard. or yeah. favorite memories? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and especially I think right now, right, September, right? So, see, so, yeah, I'm getting this brand new group and, you know, said goodbye to the um, to the group that has graduated from our program. So, I mean, I think if I could maybe sort of in a general way, um, graduation is always poignant, and, you know, we all cry and it's all very um, special. To know that, you know, I've really, you know, they, those children have become a part of my life and I've become a part of theirs. And so um, every year, I think our graduation ceremony is just such a, a, a memory um, that I just kind of hold on to. And yeah, it's just like a very special moment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <That's so> sweet.
3: <laughs> Love that.
1: Oh, and so the next one is what is your favorite dessert? Ah. <laughs>
2: okay.
3: Yeah, probably like anything chocolate. Um, oh,
2: yes, I <laughs> like agree. Totally, John.
3: That's chocolate the... and strawberries, like, like that. Like one of actually, again, one of my students, my kindergartens. We were having strawberries, and she said, "You've got to try them with Nutella." So <gasps> strawberries and Nutella, like, seriously, the Ooh. best. And I heard that was
2: really good. I heard it's that. was so good.
3: Just once you start, you just yeah can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. I guess we know what we're going to try next time. Not <laughs> 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 Yum. <Yeah. laughs> All right. And the last one is, who is your favorite saint?
3: <laughs> so my favorite saint is definitely St. Therese. Um, and then if I might get a little bit even more into that, she's, she's a real part of my conversion um, and my vocation mm. as well. Um, And just how she was kind of like the first sister I ever met because I just, I never met any until I read her story, um, but I got to throw uh, Blessed Pierre Georgia Frosati in there too because <laughs> I got to know him kind of later on, and his story just really captured me a little bit. Also, because uh, there was some brokenness in his family and his background that I could really relate to, um, and kind of a cool thing: I was in Australia for World Youth Day, that was way back then, and his um, the body of Blessed Pierre Georgia Fosati was actually there. And I didn't know that at the time. We were walking through the cathedral and then there was like this little sign in one of the like little alcove corners. This is, you know, blessed care Georgia for I was like, what? Like this is amazing. <laughs> he's in his coffin. Like you couldn't actually see him, he was in his coffin. But um, it was just like, just a moment. Like, wow, he's, he's here, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, like his um, example and just like who he was is, is just amazing. It's like two of them. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Blown away. John, would you
1: like to share why you're so uh, shocked? I love both of them. Me, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God. Like, I just, I was one time, it was like last year, it was before the Rise Up conference, CCO Rise of conference. I don't know if anyone else or listeners have, have heard about Rise Up before, but it was this amazing conference by CCO, Kathy Christian Outreach. So, so amazing. And like, their theme last for last Rise Up was Verso Lalto, like to the heights. And I was like, Okay, I have no idea what that meant. I was like, this sounds really cool. And I Googled it and I just learned I just saw it, like, looked up Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versailles. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just read up about this guy. And I just fell in love. Like, <laughs> I started reading his story and I just fell in love with him. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. It's just, I like, just, so I, real. And, yeah. Yeah. That
1: awesome. You wow so that was awesome <laughs> honestly we could talk
3: about him all the time yeah, <laughs> we awesome. yeah, so got some similarities Nutella and uh
4: there we go
3: I love that
1: all right so yeah with that um those are the quick fire questions and yeah we'd love to hear now your story um your faith journey and whatever you'd like to share with us sure yeah so,
3: um, so I grew up Catholic in a Catholic home, you know, kind of typical. I've got one brother who's like a year younger than me, so small family. And um, and yeah, we went to like Catholic school. I grew up in British Columbia, kind of just outside of Vancouver. And um, um, and yet in my family, um, there was a lot of brokenness. Which I think, growing up, you think everyone's family is just like yours, right? You just think this is normal. And um, so my, my parents have actually separated quite recently, like within the last five, six years, I believe. Um, and so you're know, growing up, there was um, a lot of tension and a lot of stuff that we just kind of dealt with, just kind of lived with. But I think so also in my idea of love was very conditional, was very kind of unstable. Um, and so, kind of heading into you know uh, teenage years and high school, I was really, really in love with the idea of being in love. Like I was completely hopeless romantic. Um, you know, anything that has to do with you know, romanticism it, at all, um, you know, I was just all into that. And so, I did start dating pretty young. And like sort of entered, like, a serious relationship when I was, like, 14. <laughs> so, like, it lasted, like, two years. Like, it was, like, really crazy, you know, not recommended. Um, but I was just so, you know, wanting to be in a relationship and, you know, having somebody, you know, that that one person whose you know, eyes were going to light up when I walked in the room and um, who I was made to love and who was made to love me. You know, our, our hearts really are, you know, desiring that, that love and that intimacy. And uh, so, you know, all of us you know, are hungry and searching for that. And so I really uh, believed that that's where I was gonna you know, find that fulfillment um, in, in these relationships. And of course that one sort of, it didn't last. And, you know, thankfully, you know, there was a lot of, again, more brokenness in that. So um, experiencing love in a broken way and um so kind of heading out of high school um you know school was pretty easy for me it wasn't a big deal but i really wasn't into it i was like i'm just gonna find prince charming to live happily ever after and that's kind of my goals and um so again dance yes i uh, was really into dance and i opened up my own little dance studio and i just kind of had um students come in the evenings and i would teach dance and we put on recitals and um, but that doesn't pay bills very well, so I also was working as a legal secretary, just kind of studied that, um, and started doing that, and so I was, by the time I was like 19, I was like living on my own, I, I, I was moving out on my own um, car, a cat, you know, a job that was like nine to five, and I was enjoying it, it was really cool, hanging out with lawyers, and enjoying that, and just my independence, my freedom, you know, hanging out with friends, and stuff, and um and just driving to work one day, it was like, um, okay, well, here we are, like, uh, my dreams and stuff that I was seeking and um, searching out, it was kind of all falling to my lap pretty, I mean, I was working for it, but it was happening. You know, I was pursuing my goals and my dreams, and, you know, they were happening and materializing, and I was really enjoying it. And yet, at the moment, as I was thinking that, the next thought was, is this it? Like, it was a deep sense of dissatisfaction, realizing that, no, this this can't be. There was still something missing and something lacking. And so, like I said, although the faith was always a part of my life, it had never really become personal. It had become, you know, God was far, far away, taking care of the stars and the galaxies and didn't have all that much to do with me personally. And although I knew you know, I loved him or he loved me. Again, my idea of love was kind of not all that intact. So what did that mean that this God who I cannot see that he loves me? That was very kind of abstract. You know, how do you experience um, his love? And what does that mean? And so but in that sort of dissatisfaction of where I was living my life and just feeling like, okay, this isn't, you know, this can't be it. This can't be it. Um, Again, thankfully to my the upbringing of having faith in my life, I began to think, well, okay, maybe there is something higher that I'm ignoring. And so I snuck into the church on my lunch break and, you know, I knew God was, Jesus was there in the blessed sacrament. You know, I knew all those things in my head and, um, no one was there. It was empty. And I just went to where the blessed sacrament was in the tabernacle. And I just sort of just put myself there, like just kind of was there and just said, okay, I'm just here, Lord. I, I think I brought a prayer book, something to, you know, I should probably say something like properly, but um, being open in that way and just placing myself there allowed him to reveal himself to me for who he was. And again, it was just a glimmer, but it was a, a knowing, a sensation that this was that true and perfect love that I was seeking that i knew my heart was made for and of course in so many ways it didn't make sense and you know i did leave the church and sort of okay that was different <laughs> you know um you know my life wasn't completely overturned at that moment but it did change into a, a different direction and there was something about that experience that just kept drawing me back and i you know it eventually sometimes um, my lunch breaks the church would be locked it wasn't always open but I like parked my car close to the wall where the blessed sacrament was where I kind of he, he's right there and I just felt drawn just back to that to, to be in that space and just to be near him and so I started pursuing my faith and you know looking into it more and deeply and um you know realizing what what what, what could this mean and sort of around the same time um I can, yeah, it was about like so. I'm opening my heart a little bit, and um, I love to read as well. Um, I, you know, if my favorite pastime would be reading, if I had a spare moment, I'm reading. And uh, so, I had like in my apartment my bookshelf, and I pretty much read everything like several times. And a while back, probably when I was in high school, <laughs> a lady in our parish had given me the book Story of a Soul, and she's you know, oh, this is a beautiful story, you know, and she made me think of you, here's a book, read it. And I'm like, yeah, a nun who, and like she entered when she was 15 and you know, that just doesn't sound interesting at all and left it on my shelf. And honestly, it was like the only book I hadn't read that night that I was looking for something to read. And again, the Lord had sort of opened my heart a little bit and said, okay, you know, maybe there might be something I can get out of this. And when I began reading her story, And I encountered a real person who was passionately in love with the Lord and who knew in the depths of the core of her being that she was loved by him and in a very real way. And I began to realize, wow, you know, that's what I want. That's what I, um, uh, that's the desire that I have in my own heart for that kind of relationship. And so she really was the first sister that I'd ever met, um, out West, and maybe that was like in the long time ago too. So there there really wasn't sisters. Um, There wasn't all the social media stuff. I I just had a kind of vague idea from like sister act like the movie that you know what sisters were and that's you know not very inspiring. So I thought well so St. Therese really changed my concept of what a sister was. It wasn't somebody who sort of had nothing going for her and oh poor girl she better enter the convent and you know she can't really do anything else with her life. So Go do that. Um, no, instead, she was some you know intelligent girl, um, lots of potential, but she wanted to give all of that to the Lord in response to the love that she received from Him. And um, so, I mean, in a roundabout way because I'd never met sisters, but um, one day I was just in prayer, and um, I think it was after receiving Holy Communion, which again, because the the Lord in the Eucharist was really how He was courting me, how He was. You know, drawing me to himself through his real presence. And it was one day after after Holy Communion that you know, you don't always sense, or you don't always you know sense that presence. Um, but that day I really, really did. And I remember just feeling like, Lord, I don't want this to end, right? When we ever we have a beautiful experience, you know, we are so finite and we don't want to be finite, we want to be infinite. And when we're experiencing something infinite, it's like, I don't want this to end. And this strange thought pops into my head, well. If you become a nun, it never will. Now, of course, I didn't really know what that meant. I was like, okay. I kind of had this vague idea that yes, you have nuns. I've got Saint Teresa. Give themselves to the Lord. They're in this relationship with Him. You know, if I was to actually, you know, throw my life and you know, give it all to Him, then I would have that intimacy with Him, and I could experience that. And so it did sort of throw me in that direction. Again, it, I'm just not the type, right? I'm just not the type to become a sister. Um, so I was visiting, um, uh, my dad's boss. We went to the Christmas, to their house at Christmas and on their fridge was a picture of their family and there was a sister dressed in a habit in the picture. Like, wow, that's real. Like <laughs> there's actually one that exists. And so I asked about who she was and her community and I got her address. And, um, so I did write, uh, to her and I was totally expecting her to say, well, that's sweet, but you know, you're not the type you know get on with your life go find you know your prince charming and you can love the lord still and have a relationship with him but you don't need to throw away your life you could just you know keep pursuing your dreams and live like everybody else and instead she sent me this lovely letter saying you know you should really pursue if you feel you have a call on your heart you should really be looking into this which terrified me completely and but i said okay and i there was just like i've described it sort of like it's a string around my heart but the lord was just Pulling gently, gently, but pulling. You just wouldn't give up. And so I began to write to, to Sister Margaret from the Sisters of the Sacred Heart. And I, um, she invited me out um, all the way to Ontario. Like it seemed like the other end of the world from British Columbia. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like a long plane ride. And so I did. I spent a Thanksgiving weekend uh, out here in Ontario, in Welland. Uh, visiting with the sisters and as terrifying as it was, it was just such such a new experience. It still was just so beautiful. And I was just drawn in and, um, you know, saying making that leap of faith was really tough. It was, um, you know, everyone tells you, you're just, you're giving up on everything, right. All of you're, you're throwing your life away. And yet it's more about falling more in love deeper each day. It's really about that. It's, um, it is experiencing that intimacy with the Lord each and every day. And um, I'd like to say I entered the convent and, you know, grew my wings and my halo and, you know, everything was perfect. Um, instead, I you realize so quick, oh, my gosh, I've got so much to learn. I, you know, um, there's all this brokenness that needs to be healed. There's all these things I need to learn and barriers I need to break down. But that the Lord is going to break down in me. And that just began kind of the process of that and that spiritual journey of just continuing to surrender continuing to f- discover ways in my heart that i haven't let the lord in and you know struggling with that and you know the, the battle that all of us face in the spiritual life each day and yet I have that consolation i really really do of that um that intimacy with him he is the the primary relationship I have is with him and everything focuses on that everything i do the people I serve, everything is fueled by his love for me and then my responsive love to him and so I, yeah I honestly haven't looked back it, you know it hasn't been easy every day but um it's just been this beautiful journey that um no regrets totally
0: <laughs> oh god thank you for so much for sharing that um I know for me personally like as a young woman, there were so many things within your own testimony that I personally related to. And as you were speaking, it just reminded me of this quote by St. Jose Maria Escriva, I believe. He said something along the lines of, remember that when you go to the Blessed Sacrament, he waited 2,000 years for you to reach him or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that just sounds like a love story, does it not? Right? (laughs) Doesn't it? oh, Oh my gosh. And I don't know. That just like came full circle when you said you went into the church. He was in the Blessed Sacrament. You're like, okay, I have this book. I'm just gonna talk, Lord. You do the rest, sister. Thanks so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. (laughs) Oh wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really. Thank you for sharing. That was like really, really super amazing I can't, like i honestly like i have no like i don't remember speaking, like, like yeah. you know, I, I struggle to you know speak but like that was just like yeah okay before i like continue to make a fool of myself we'll just go on to the questions so, nice segue there. Um, <laughs> oh man okay and so you kind of talked about this actually during your, your testimony about um like that you were called to like be, to join the the sacred heart order so like i know like from my like limited knowledge i'm still learning a little bit like the, sure. they're, the different sisters are like different orders of sisters i think i'm saying that right yeah, <laughs> um so that. like okay. why, uh, why? so like why specifically did you feel called to the sacred heart order
3: yeah exactly well i think at the time probably whatever this order had been called, I probably would have joined them because um, I was sort of drawn more by the way I had discovered them. You know, it was just like really kind of, okay, the Lord's just kind of done this. Um, uh, and then just um, their community life, the way that they were the habit, you know, so the traditional way of living the religious life um, was definitely what I wanted. And also that they were in Canada. I know there was other orders kind of in the United States um, that sort of are flourishing and they do have a lot of uh, young sisters, which wasn't very attractive. And yet I sort of thought, well, no, I didn't know sisters growing up myself. And I really would like to have other people have that opportunity. And yes, you know, there is other, other orders of sisters that, you know, um, are flourishing and stuff but are, are just very small or very few. And I really would like to kind of contribute in that way. Right. And I was just felt super, super called um, to this particular order. And then even when in discernment, it was more about, am I called or am I not called? I knew that if I was called, this is where I was going to end up. But the fact that it is the Sacred Heart, I think that was the Lord's choosing, right? That was, um, Mm -hmm. he definitely, uh, he called me to his heart, right? He, uh, the love of the Sacred Heart was just so, so real and so beautiful. And um, sort of in that, that conversion time, when I was, you know, drawn to the blessed Sacrament, spending some more time in my prayer life and my faith journey, um, I had landed on a prayer to the Sacred Heart that just really captured me. And honestly, I don't remember what it was now, but I remember it being about the Sacred Heart. And I remember, I think I probably prayed it almost every day. Like it was just something that the way that it was expressing um, God's love for us. And how we want to respond to that. That was kind of the gist of the prayer. And so when I found out that this order was the sisters of the sacred heart, I was like, oh, that's beautiful, it's great. I, you know, I really felt drawn to that and attracted by even just the romanticism of it, right? It's a love story. And that you know, the incarnation, God's love, the sacred heart is just simply about God pouring out his love, you know, unconditionally, abundantly. We are so undeserving of it, and we just take it for granted. And you know, the Sacred Heart is really all about that. It's like, yes, this is the the heart that loves you know, humanity so much, and it's unloved in return. And you know, so um, specifically, and I don't know, this might be part of kind of another question as well, but part of our charism or our—I don't say logo, but some um, <laughs> love and reparation to the Sacred Heart motto, right? That's the—that's yeah, that's the term, right? Uh, So love and reparation to the Sacred Heart is kind of what we're supposed to write on the top of all our letters and communications, and that's kind of our our theme. And it really is what we're called to be as Sisters of the Sacred Heart, is to love the Sacred Heart and that reparation, which is like um, repairing or making up for uh, the love that he just doesn't receive. And so that's part of my mission and part of my calling as a Sister of the Sacred Heart, which, um, so I really, I, I sort of really press into that. yeah
1: wow that's so beautiful um like the the calling that you have to share the sacred heart with others um actually i was wondering if you could um just for all listeners like um explain this like the sacred heart of jesus more to us and why is it important for us to i mean very important because the sacred heart of jesus
3: yeah why is it important right well and and why specifically right like why why his heart and Mm -hmm. and you know yeah and in case you know someone not everyone maybe knows how the devotion right it is a a devotion to our Lord, um, and how it sort of came about, probably most of everyone has seen maybe a picture of the Sacred Heart. You know, it is pretty popular in churches or your grandma's house, maybe, you know, where you've got a picture of Jesus and his heart is there, it's exposed. Uh, Sometimes he has it actually in his hand, holding it out. Um, And I know some people can get kind of weirded out even by it. It's pretty graphic. It's pretty, okay, what is this? And um, you know, our Lord appeared to Saint uh, Margaret Mary Alacoque in France, and said, you know, appeared to, him, to her, in, you know, physically, and showed her his showed her his heart, and really asked that this devotion be uh, spread. So it wasn't just for Saint Mar- Margaret Mary Alacoque; it was for the world. And at that time within the church uh you know jansenism was very it's this heresy where we were to earn heaven where we had to work very hard that heaven and spiritual perfection was for the elite uh very few are going to make it uh work as hard as you can but you probably will end up in hell so you know the lord sort of came and you know appeared to this you new know, nun in france and said hold on you know yes my love is not easy uh don't take it for granted but you can't earn it, you can't work for it. No matter how hard you try, uh, it's not about you, it's about me, it's about him. It's about what he has done. And I think as human beings, we can so easily make it about us, right? And, and we sort of like it, we sort of want to earn it, we sort of want to uh, merit it and you know, look at me, You know how great I am, God's gonna love me because of how great I am. And the Sacred Heart is really all about reversing that and about it being, uh, no, sorry, guys. You know, the Lord is telling us, look what I've done for you. Look what this heart. So if you see a picture of the Sacred Heart, the image of of it is, um, so it's his heart. It's like the organ, the heart organ that we just associate with love and the emotion. And it's surrounded with a crown of thorns. So that's, you know, the, uh, his passion, the suffering. Uh, It has flames from the top, so that burning, all-consuming love. Uh, There's the cross within those flames. uh, The sacrifice of his life on the cross was the sign of his love, the expression of his love. Uh, It is also pierced, um, so that, that lance that pierced his heart and then allowed the grace, his love, to just pour out onto all of us. So it's it's a beautiful image, it's a powerful image. You could stare at it for just a while and just really meditate on what it represents. And that's why it just is very popular. It's very important within the church and within our spiritual life that um, we can never we can never grow tired of it. We can never go to the okay, now I get it, you know, now I get God's love. We'll never reach that space and so you know having being devoted to the sacred heart it's really about being devoted to that to that love how god has loved us with a human heart um, and that's probably the part of it that really attracts me right that he you know god again can be very abstract and yet in the sacred heart he loves us with a human heart and a human love that is perfect without the brokenness, without the selfishness and everything else that can taint love. His human love is perfect and it's the one that can heal and the one that can really love us. And so the, the message that um, our Lord had when he appeared to St. Margaret Mary was really, you know, behold the heart has loved humanity so much and is unloved. And he's calling all of us to just love him back. And that's kind of really all he wants. Just love him back.
0: Oh, thank you for your answer, sister. Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, as we keep talking about the sacred heart, it's also important, like, in case someone just doesn't really know about it. That was such a good, I split an and thank you. <laughs> and um, I also really like the part where you said how we can really turn it into ourselves like look at how I'm pursuing him and things like that but as you said it's really about how we can allow him to transform us and things like that so kind of going along those lines our next question for you is how can the Sacred heart help us grow more in Christian living
3: right yeah um I think probably especially kind of like kind of yeah drawing off of that is um living out of love, right, living, having, making love the basis of what we do, and, you know, not earning, right, we can, even within Christian living, or within a spiritual life, it can be so easy to make it about following the rules, and, you know, ticking off all the boxes, and uh, even sometimes in my own life, it can be like, okay, yeah, I did morning prayer, and, you know, I did my rosary, I did my spiritual reading, okay, good, I got it done, and as much as, you know, Yes, discipline and structure is important because if you throw all that out, well, then you've done nothing. Um, but it's sort of like to look beyond that, right? Okay, yes, I have that structured prayer time, which is so, so important in living the Christian life. Um, but how am I bringing love into that? How am I how am I doing it as a response more than to earn anything? Um, so making everything a more of a response. Um, and it's so, so probably, it's just something that maybe even I personally struggle with sometimes is that, um, okay, Lord, you know, I'm, I know this and, you know, now you're going to love me. Right. And then he just said, stop, stop. No, <laughs> no, I love you. So now you can go do these things. So because you have based yourself, um, grounded yourself in the love that Christ has for you, um, you know, for all of us and kind of being aware of that. You know, that's what the sacred heart is sort of setting as the, the, the baseline okay you're loved got it now go out and live the christian life you know now go out and serve now go out and you know, perform the works of mercy which is what we are called to do as sisters of the sacred heart to to teach and to to serve the sick and all those things um but make them a response not um not to earn something, right? It's a response to what to the love that we've already experienced and the love that we've received. Um, you know, God loves us, not if, you know, it's not God loves us if I do all the things I'm supposed to do. God loves us so that I can do all the things that He's called me to do. And the Sacred Heart can just ground us in that. Like, yep, love comes first. Now go out and respond to that. Yeah that hit wow. yeah, <laughs> that was that beautiful
2: hit. wow <laughs> yeah that was yeah that really like that part where you you mentioned like it's like not god loves us if like the, the if is not there he just loves us and that just sometimes baffles us like in this is world today it's like we feel like we have to earn everything now Like uh-huh. we're, like you from a little kid like when we're young they tell us like you gotta like work hard for to earn everything that you have and i'm like like god's love you just have it he just gives it and just take it <laughs> yeah that's why it's so right. hard to
3: understand right yeah, yeah exactly I know. Like, we all struggle yeah. with that because it is it's not how we it's not how we see it right and <laughs> yeah exactly um, and god is it's just he's got to keep knocking us on the head and turning it no it's backwards you've got it backwards <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> oh man that was great oh my gosh sorry <laughs> gotta recover from that that was awesome <laughs> okay so kind of like kind okay. of back backtracking a little bit i don't remember you mentioned like your i guess you said logo but not really like your motto yeah (laughs) yeah, your motto you mentioned like the reparation of the sacred heart yeah Mm -hmm. okay cool I did remember that right (laughs) (laughs) so like can you kind of speak to like what like what what does it it mean to like, like console like his sacred heart and like do you have any tips for anyone like how to do that
3: or, oh, you, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Right, exactly. Um, actually, it's kind of neat. Um, so when I was about to enter the convent, I was on. I went to speak at a conference, a youth conference, and I was driving back with the priest, and um, we were talking about, you know, my order I was going to enter and stuff, and um, and I kind of just sort of said to him like, I know it's like love and reparation to the Sacred Heart, but I don't really get it. Like, what exactly does that mean? And what he had said and it kind of stuck with with me. It was kind of a different image. But he said, Well, you know what? Think of all the hearts contained within the Sacred Heart. And if your heart is beating in rhythm with the Sacred Heart, then the hearts around you will start to beat in rhythm with the Sacred Heart as well. Um, and that took me a long time to ponder that. I was like, okay, that's deep, right? And I was like, Whoa, okay. Um, but, and it is something to sort of sit with and say, Okay, you know, that's that the goal is to. Uh, to be in rhythm with this, with the Sacred Heart, with the beating of the Sacred Heart. And to sort of, to make your heart one with that, right? And to, so that it becomes part of who, you know, I am, uh, as a sister of the Sacred Heart. What our Foundress really wanted us to to live out um, was, you know, that, so that reparation is also, uh, includes also making sacrifices, um, living in a way, that um, makes up sort of in a way consoles the heart of Jesus um, for the love he does not receive. Um, and again, you know it's not about um, I'll make the sacrifice you know so that you know I'll, I'll give up something on Fridays um, you know so that you know he loves me Again, it's, you know Fridays are special because that's the Lord died and offered himself, his very self for us. And so you know what I want to live like that too I want to respond to that. So on Friday, I'm going to make a sacrifice of some kind. Um, sort of, you know, yes, Lord, I love you more than I love my strawberries and Nutella. <laughs> so on Fridays, <laughs> I'm going to give that up. You know, I'm going to put that away. Um, <laughs> but just sort of just to know that, um, to put his love first, right? And to, to respond so that a sacrifice that we make is, is a, a way of repairing or consoling, um, just showing God we love him. Uh, when someone loves us, you know, our families, how do we know that they love us? You know, it's not the gifts they give us at Christmas. It's not, um, you know, I love you, honey, although that helps, that's great. Uh, We know that the people who really love us, well, really by the sacrifices they make for us. And they don't make those sacrifices to make us feel guilty. They don't make them to say, look what I've done for you. You know, now you owe me. Um, They make those sacrifices with all their heart out of the love they have for us. And so when we are saying, okay, Lord, I want to love you back, you know, there's really very little I can do besides doing what you've called me to do, but I want to do more. I want to really respond to that. And so by making those sacrifices, by sort of giving up something, offering it up to him, saying, Lord, I'm doing this for you. You know, Lord, this is really, it's hot today like <laughs> it just, or whatever, you know, my shoes are kind of uncomfortable today. Lord I'm just going to offer this up to you you know I love you more than my own comfort I love you more than myself and sometimes I don't act that way Lord but I want to and so I'm going to you know put up with this discomfort I'm going to put up with mm, even this difficult person this child who's making me go nuts um you know Lord I'm loving them for you right I I, I want to respond and so you know it does feel a lot of times very abstract. Okay, Lord, you know, I want to console you how, right? Like, okay, come on, where are you? And so that sacrifices, making reparation, consoling can be really tangible ways that um, do us good, because, you know, we are body and soul, we have a body, we have senses, and sort of to make that love kind of more concrete. And, uh, real for our sake not for god's right he's, he's got it he doesn't need our love but we need to love him and it does us some good by showing that love in concrete ways in ways that we can show him you know offering up those little sacrifices denying ourselves um de- denying our own will denying our own comfort as a sign of our love for him and consoling him, giving him that space and that part of ourselves that we could very much hold on to, but we say, No, I'm gonna give that a little bit of me up um, this time out of love for him.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh. That was so deep. <laughs> I really love yeah, that. that. Deep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything deep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a deep topic. <laughs> wow. Um, I really liked how you said as well that even the smallest, like, discomfort we have, we can offer that up, and, like, everything that is, um, even, like, giving up strawberries and Nutella, that's something (laughs) you can also give up,
3: too. Just so Theresean, right? Like, it's really Saint Therese. She would give up her jam jam sandwich or take the smaller cookie. That's what's Saint Therese, like, yeah, little things soul the heart of our Lord. They really do.
1: That's so beautiful. Um, (laughs) and, um, going towards, like, um, I was sharing sharing um sharing the sacred heart like how you said that it was it's your mission to share this with others and i was also wondering um how could we be in the way we live as christians how could we be examples of this um just like how for example you are an example to the kids that you're teaching um yeah so even for like children too to like anyone we meet, how could we be examples of Christian
3: living and yeah, and in exactly. Yeah. So it is, you know, our mission to spread the love of the sacred heart, right? To serve the people that um, that we serve. And again, I think it probably is easy because it's love, right? And love is something that attract attracts everybody. Um, Everyone knows about even little kids, you know, we'll draw hearts all over the place. You know, know, love is pretty much the first word they learn how to spell in, in my class. And so it's, um you know, they, they get it, right? You know, love is, is something real. It's something that attracts. And I guess that's what we're called to be. Um, and sometimes it isn't what we say um, or, you know, the, yeah. And it can be more just about how we live, how we smile, how we, you know, listen to others, how we're just present to them, how we just can radiate joy because, you know, they're going to look and say, okay, why? You why? Know. She's, she's poor chaste, and obedient like come on why are we smiling um
4: yeah um
3: but i think you, you, it's so to um i guess radiate right like christian living is really about being that personal example like that personal witness you know what attracted the first you know uh, christians to become followers of Christ, were the examples of his followers, right, that they were, you know, full of love and full of joy, and they had something about them that was different, and so we do teach the children, you know, concretely about, about the Lord, about what he's done for us, you know, even to the kindergartens, you know, okay, uh, Adam and Eve, everything was created good, Uh, we disobeyed God, we fell, um you know now this relationship with god is broken and you know those fundamentals of that they can experience like yeah i want to do what's wrong you know kids know that everybody knows that that they're drawn in their heart to do what they know they probably shouldn't do why because of that fallenness well the answer is that god made that you know became jesus died on the cross so that you know that could be mended that relationship would bring us back to the lord and so, you know, just the fundamental knowledge of that, you know, letting people kind of know that that is a reality that, you know, God's fixed it. And we can, you know, tap into that through Jesus. Um, and then just, again, just being that witness uh, is just so important. Um, it was kind of funny because I was kind of thinking about it as, as you were asking the question. But for our kids, even like the, especially the preschoolers, right? So they're like three, two or three, they're pretty little. And, you know, for a lot of them, like they, they see us and like, hey, what's this? It's kind of weird. Um, I'm pointing to my habit now, my veil, right? <laughs> I've never seen people like that. Um, and yet it's strange because sometimes we'll talk to them, especially around Christmas, or we're, we're talking about Jesus. And once in a while, a child will say, well, but you're Jesus. And they're kind of like, there's... They have a hard time differentiating like us from God. Somehow, they know that that's kind of who we represent. Or I guess because we talk about him all the time, in in their little hearts and minds, you know, there's such a connection between who we are and the Lord. And I've always clung to that and held on to that. Like, that's their childish innocence. But I think as Christians, I mean, that's the ideal, right? That's who we want to be is reflections of Him and His love. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we can be that, that's really the goal. Is that. They'll recognize that there's something real. There's a joy that we have that is real. And it comes from knowing that we are loved. And, um, you know, and every opportunity that we might have of just letting other people know they are loved by us and by the Lord. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh goodness! I love how you were talking about how that's like their child's uh childish innocence, but then you're like, but that's the ideal. And I think we can forget about that. (laughs) The rest of every day life and just everything. And sisters, throughout this entire podcast, you've given us so much I don't know even how to describe it. (laughs) Our heart's like, oh my gosh, that's so true. (laughs) And for this last question, we're gonna ask you for more tips. So our, the title of our podcast is called Desire for Holiness. So we just want to ask if you have any practical tips for growing in a desire for holiness.
3: Yes. Actually, I just wanted to say that too. I love the title of your, your podcast. It just uh, it really is beautiful. It's really captivating. And because it really speaks to that desire that we have, right? And it's not something that, you know, yes, I am holy already. <laughs> no, it's a desire, right? It's something we've got to progress on. Um I think for what uh by two things um first confession and again it's a practical tip but it is so so important it's something that um you know is part of our our life that we have a confessor who comes we go to confession and uh, it's just so key to encounter the heart of god and to be vulnerable to put ourselves in a space where we are open and we are admitting where we have failed, where we have put up barriers, where where we have blocked God's grace, where we've blocked his love, where we have just made the wrong choices. And again, it's not about, you know, oh God, you know, getting down on ourselves or just filling ourselves up with guilt, because that again is pride, which is another sin, so confess that too. But it's more about, you know, approaching the Lord, I think this is me. And you're not going to surprise him. He already knows it. He already knows way more than you've even are able to admit at this point in your, in your life. But he really wants us to admit it. He wants us to be able to look at it and not to hold on to it. He wants us just to throw it away, you know, get rid of the garbage, get rid of the trash. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to process it. Just get rid of it. Throw it off onto him because that's what he wants. And the more often we can go to confession, um, you know, and again, it took me a very, very, very long time to be as comfortable as I am with confession now. Like even as a sister, like I would get jitters and I would be, no, I, I can't do this. You know, What is the priest gonna think of me? Um, which it was so ridiculous because I've heard so many priests say like, I don't think about it. You know, I don't pay attention to it. Um, it's not about that. It's about you know, your soul and the Lord. And, you know, the more we can go to confession, it's, there's such a healing power in that sacrament that we can encounter the Lord and feel his love and his mercy in a very real way that all of us really, really need. Um, and it's just pure grace. It's just him being who he wants to be. He wants to be our savior and in confession he gets to be that. Um, and then I think also, so yeah, frequent confession as much as you can make that happen. Um, and also finding a spiritual director, if you really are you know desiring holiness in um you know a very real way Um, sometimes it might be hard to find but a lot of times we need another voice it's the spiritual life is deep it's complex we mess it up with all of our our mess Um, a lot of times we just need an outside voice to you know because we can really mess things up if we just rely on ourselves and so finding somebody you know you know there's sometimes it might be hard, but take it to prayer and, you know, Lord put someone in my life. If I'm really called to, to do this, um, you know, to meet with someone once a month and just sort of, you know, this is where I'm at, you know, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, there's again, real grace that can happen in that space. And it makes you accountable also, like you'll be, might be going through your day, like, hold on, you know, I shouldn't be doing this or, you know, Oh yeah, this came up. And, um, having that opportunity to just find someone that you can trust that can really, uh, speak truth to you and be real to you and you know, hold you accountable um to you know yeah, no you, you you want to follow the lord it's not going to be easy you know he he's going to give you every grace you need but our barriers and our um things that we are always going to keep putting up barriers and blockages from his grace um so yeah confession and having that person that you can kind of hold you accountable and really walk with you on that journey and there's a lot of progress that can be made and uh, just it just helps you in that relationship, right? It's all about relationship. And we need we need to hear the voice of a confessor. We need to hear a voice back to us um, so that it does not just abstract, that it's real, that um, there's real steps that we can make to to follow the Lord more closely and to respond to him. So yeah, they, they sound kind of like big things, but um, I don't know they're kind of doable and if you really kind of look for it the Lord and take it to prayer the Lord can actually kind of make those things happen in your life and if you really you know confession is out there there's priests out there there's people your know, mentors you know if you're in university there's chaplains there's people around um you know that are maybe just a little advanced on the spiritual life you can just be that that voice and that mentor to you um I think it's just so so important yeah
1: that's so beautiful <laughs> um oh actually I just wanted to mention this as well. This is, this is, like, this is just kind of, like, I just remembered. While you were talking earlier, um, you were talking about the founders of the Sacred Heart mm-hmm. of Jesus. Um, was it Blessed Maria? Skinny nut. Skinny I
0: know. <laughs> yeah, skin- I was going yeah. to right. say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, okay, sorry. That was really random because I just remembered that, um because I found this before I grabbed this before the episode but I remember like you got this book from York. (laughs) so I wanted to mention it (laughs) and (laughs) awesome yes I was gonna say this is a really great like also another great read because you really like books so this is a really great read of another sister besides sister yeah St. Therese (laughs) Exactly,
3: exactly yeah Well, and actually, that's so cool that you actually have that, Rosanna.
4: Yeah, (laughs) Um, because
1: you
3: wrote this. I did write it. Yes, I did. Um, Again, I love her. (laughs) So I was in formation, and I, again, was learning about her life. um, And her life was amazing, very inspiring. Um, You know, she was a baroness and very rich. She just felt called by God to give it all up and to serve the poor and love the sacred heart, and and it was amazing. Um, But all of the books about her were in Italian, because that's where our, our congregation is founded and most of our sisters are italian so i was like well this is kind of i want like something in english so i kind of just took all the books that i read during my formation and kind of took notes and just kind of wrote my own version of it just based on reality definitely but you know throwing some dialogue and some stuff in there just to make it a little better easier read um and so hopefully yeah to, exactly to capture the imagination of you know be like this is a real uh, a real person again who just yeah. wanted to live you know responding to the love of god for her that she was just so aware of it um yeah cool <laughs> wow okay yeah sorry
1: throw it in just had to throw <laughs> that in that was beautiful <laughs> and everything you said <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
2: whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was crazy <laughs> <laughs> the free plug pre-plug <laughs> We'll put the we'll put the link. We'll put the link. We'll, we'll plug the book in Yeah on Amazon, yeah. But well, you can't actually, but yeah. we'll find it and we'll, we'll, we'll put the link in the we'll description for people there to find go. the book. And yeah, we'll do our research.
3: Perfect. We'll do our research. We do have copies. If you, you can totally get a hold of me and I can get you one. That is yes. Aww.
2: <laughs> there we go. There
1: we go. Yeah there go. Um oh yes so <laughs> as usual um uh, before we go off to end, we would we usually ask the guests, um, so Sister Amanda, if you would like to close with prayer. Um, yeah, would you be able to?
3: Sure, my pleasure. Yes. All right, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, we thank you for the love that you have for each and every one of us. The love that you have poured out on us through the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You could have stayed in your throne, in your heavenly kingdom, but you've desired to come down and be with us, to be with us in the Blessed Sacrament, to be with us in the encounters we have with each other. Help us to be true witnesses of the love you have for us, to respond to that love in everything that we do, so that others may come to know the love that you have for them. We ask you, Lord, to bless this podcast, bless all those who are listening, that their hearts too may be touched by your love, and that they may respond to it with all of their hearts. And the sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was, that was powerful. I'm not going to that oh. touch that was a really good prayer that was a very good prayer um, <laughs> this but, has been so
3: much fun you guys um,
2: Yeah. it beautiful yeah. yeah dang we're glad you joined us so before <laughs> we go we just want to share with our listeners out here because there was a lot to take in <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff but the sacred and heart is that, just so. that the sacred heart is just so amazing there's so much more yeah. to discover but we want you guys the viewers to You know, grow in your love for the Sacred Heart because it is so amazing. Um, So just like Sister Amanda said, to preface her tips before for going first in a desire for holiness, go to confession, try to find a spiritual director because our faith journeys are not meant to be on our own. We need people, we need community, because it's really, really tough on your own. (laughs) And, And also, so to grow in the Sacred Heart, spend some time in adoration and pursue his heart. You know, sit in front of the tabernacle, go to adoration, You never know what's going to happen because God is just so amazing. He can do whatever he wants with a little bit of time that you give him. Um, Meditate on the image of the Sacred Heart, just like Sister Amanda mentioned. It may touch you in the moment, just meditating on it, because it is such a powerful, powerful, powerful image. And make little sacrifices because and offer it up to God, because God deserves every little bit of effort that we can give Him, because He gives us so much. So let's try to give it back to Him, because He doesn't need it, but He just wants to love us <laughs> cool rosette you cool. want to close this off <laughs> all right
1: so with this um we end with a quote from our beloved saint theresa vizier which is holiness consists simply in doing god's will and being just what god wants us to be So with that, thank you for joining us in this episode, sister. And thanks for all of you for listening or watching wherever you are. And see you at our next episode. Bye.
4: Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.